Welcome to The Real Estate Show with your real estate and mortgaging team, Terry Kalakos and Elenia Krivos on CJAD 800. And we're getting into the holiday mood here with our Christmas music. I love it. Thank you, David Simon. You're the man. Good afternoon, everyone. The time is now 105 and you're listening to The Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Terry Kalakos, chartered mortgage broker and president of Northeast Mortgages, as well as founder of the Northeast Group of Companies. Joining me, we have my co-host, Helena Krivos, chartered real estate broker and president of Northeast Realties. Welcome, Helen. Thanks, Terry. How's your hand? Good. So before we uh, we got on the air, Dan was like just getting, you know, he was leaving the uh, the room, and Helen comes in with her headphones, and somehow she ends up pinching her her skin onto, and Dan was the knight in shining armor, and he, he helped, me. he saved her hand from having to be amputated. I could still sell houses. It's all good. <laughs> uh, last week, we opened the lines to listeners to ask uh, any real estate or mortgage questions that were on their minds. And this week, we're going to be doing uh, the same thing. This is our last show of the year. Uh, we're going to be taking a little bit of time off like we usually do over the holidays. We'll be back uh, tail end of January. Um, so this show is all about you guys. I mean, whatever questions you guys have, by all means, you can text them in. You can also uh, call us and uh, we're going to be here to answer them uh, throughout this entire week. I mean, we got a bombardment. Yes. Honestly, I mean, you know, it just amazes me. I mean, all this this is this is a live show. People can always call in. But we opened up the lines last week, uh, yeah. you know, fully. All Any question was, you know, no taboo question. Yeah. And it was interesting because people yeah. even followed up, which we do get Absolutely. sometimes. But more last week, they followed up with us at the office. The callers that called in, some of them even came in. Yes. And I actually have a, a few questions uh, that came in during the week yeah. uh, that we're going to be uh, discussing uh, today. So it's it's, uh, it's very cool. Uh, so you can join the conversation by calling in with your questions at 514-790-0800 or texting in to 514-800. And you can also watch us and comment on Facebook Live at facebook.com slash Northeast Mortgages or Northeast Realties. And please be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at newsonthego.ca. Unfortunately, our cameras were not rolling uh, at the time when uh, uh you know eleni got her hand uh caught in uh, in her headphones uh before we kick off the show uh you know eleni any any market updates uh this week, what's been going on in real estate uh, over the last week or so? Well, a lot. Um, I, I I did get a question, which we'll talk about later, about the municipal assessments. That's a, a side note. Um, I'm seeing a lot of stuff uh, on social media about it. We might uh, get into debunk debunking some of those myths. Mm -hmm. But there was a press release from the QPAREB, uh, Quebec Provincial Association of Real Estate Board, which basically looks at all the stats. So the stats are out. Uh, just came out yesterday, basically. Um, say Sales of condos continue to basically be you know, dominating off, the market off yeah, the charts. Absolutely. I mean, it's in terms of price, in terms of um, you know how they just they're just flying off the shelves in, in all areas. So that's for condos. Um, what else is happening? So in terms of geographical areas, we're seeing so the the most dramatic increases in sales in November happened in Vaudreuil. So 48% more sales in Vaudreuil mm -hmm. in November when compared to last year. Uh, Saint-Jean-sur-Richelieu is an area we've talked a little bit about. 41% more sales in Saint-Jean. 20% mm -hmm. increase in Laval. South Shore, 16%. 
basically these are the areas where it was still affordable, right? right? So this is what we're seeing is we're seeing people moving away a little bit from the Montreal, island of Montreal, off island, it's more affordable. So the sales are just are just you know exploding up, yeah. off island basically. Property cat- category, same thing. Condos are in first place. Plexes have increased as well because they're very um, you know very popular. Um, median price of a single family home across Montreal is at three hundred and fifty thousand. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's the average, right? Of that South Shore Laval. That's the average mm-hmm. on the island. I would say it's more like five hundred thousand. Interesting, right? Wow. Okay. Yep, and selling times are shorter, and so it is a seller's market. Again, we're going to get into details later. Not across the board. Mo- most areas are in the seller market. Seller's market. Some areas we're still in a buyer's market. Got it. And that's where. And I think we had one of the callers actually from last week that called into the office because we mentioned something last week about having a plan. Mm-hmm. Whether on the mortgage side, on the real estate side, and not just saying, "Oh, well, it's a seller's market. I'm just going to put up my house, whatever price, um, you know, and then buy another one." You need to have a plan, right? In terms of getting pre-approved for your mortgage. Absolutely. There's a whole process behind it, right? Exactly. Um, On the mortgage mortgage side, uh, there is a couple of uh, announcements to kind of make. The Bank of Canada did meet this Wednesday. Uh, They held the rate at 175, which is the uh, overnight rate. And this is basically what the rates are based off of when we're talking about variable rate mortgages and lines of credit. Uh, So the prime rate has remained steady with the banks. The Bank of Canada's overnight rate has remained steady, which is good. Uh, We weren't really anticipating that the banks were going to raise rates uh, at any point. Uh, but it's good to see that uh, the government is following in the, the right kind of direction that they should be following. I know it's crazy, but the government, sometimes they do things that uh, doesn't really make sense. Um, I had a client actually that came in this week. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk uh, this year over the last six months about how rates have been going up. They've been going up. They've been going up. But the interesting thing is what has been going up right so what's been going up is fixed rates went up but Mm. variable rates actually remained the same and the lines of credit remained the same so there has you guys have to understand there is a difference between the two one haven't seen that yeah so the fixed rates are uh, impacted by the bond market okay whereas the variable rates are impacted uh, by the prime rate of the bank which is ultimately impacted uh, by the overnight rate that the bank of canada has so uh, this client comes in and you know he it's funny because he sits down and he had like this very kind of defensive posture right and uh, his wife is there and his wife is awesome whatever and he's awesome too but he goes to me terry tell me something and he's shaking his head and he goes I thought that you told me that you put me on a variable a couple of years ago. And I said, I did put you on a variable. And tell me, why hasn't the rate changed? Why hasn't the rates <laughs> gone up? Why am I paying? Why is my, I, actually, I think he said, why is my payment still the same? And I said, it's because the rate hasn't changed in any way, shape or form. You mm. know, that's why it, it's, and uh, he was like, but all this talk on the news about, you know, rates going up and stuff like that. I said, yeah, but that is different. That's not the product that you have. So mm. then, you know, I kind of sat there, I explained it to him. His wife was like, come on, you know, like, you know this already. Yeah, but, do you uh, find it's, that it's happens though? Like it does happen sometimes. You know, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, actually, we have a, a quick uh, text here from uh, Paolo uh, from Facebook land, and he's asking uh, you, where are all the buyers coming from? Ah, where are they coming from? We talked about this a couple of shows. If you guys listen to our shows, a lot of the buyers are... Um, net migration. So immigrants coming from 
out of Canada and within Canada. Mm -hmm. So a lot of, you know, we have a increased immigration right now from, uh, you know, China, from uh, European countries, a lot from France, mm -hmm. a few from the States as well, and from other provinces. So from Vancouver and uh, Ontario, um, a, lot of, a lot of people are buying here now. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And so there are people from here as well. But a lot of people who are moving into, uh, into Quebec because uh, our birth rate, unfortunately, here is very low. Yeah. So we have to count on, you know, immigration. Uh, we have also a text that just came in from George. Uh, how much do you guys charge for your services? So, George, here's the good news. Our services are free. Uh, and I know that, uh, you know, a lot of times people think that, uh, no, no, there's something hidden there. No, our services No, but actually... we have to explain it because one of the clients that came in yeah, asked that so question. So our too. service as a mortgage broker uh, for traditional type of mortgages, which is 99.9% of the client base that we serve, uh, our service is free. There's no charge for our service. Uh, it's the banks who pay us. Uh, the only time that you will have a charge or you can have a charge is if we're looking at commercial transactions. That's uh, We charge for that, obviously, because uh, the banks don't pay us in a case like that. Um, or if we're looking in certain types of uh, multi-unit or if we're doing a private type of mortgages, in cases like that, uh, there might be charges but like i said 99 percent of the time our service is a hundred percent free there is no hidden fees uh there's nothing and you know for me personally as a mortgage broker if i'm able to get you one uh, one percent for a five-year fi uh, fixed uh rest assured uh, you're going to be uh, getting that because I also don't benefit on any way if you know you're paying a higher or a lower rate so it's always in the uh, mortgage broker's interest to make sure that you have the best interest so um, coming up, we're going to be uh, looking at more questions and texts. Uh, and we have a couple of uh, callers that have uh, already called in. Uh, we have Gary, but uh, we're going to be looking at that after the traffic. Uh, remember, you can always join the conversation by calling in at 514-790-0800, just like Gary, or you can text in to 514-800. Now we're taking a small detour over to the CJAD Traffic Center with Kira Yeager. Oh, okay. See, this is what happens. I, I put on the I put it on air and I start to bust out. And anyways, okay. Uh, you're listening to the Real Estate Show, and today we're asking our listeners to share their thoughts when it comes to real estate and mortgages. Feel free to call in with your questions at 514-790-0800 or text in to 514-800 in order to join the conversation, uh, just like Gary did from DDO, who has a question about mortgage discharges. Hey, Gary, how are you? Yes, fine. Thank you. Yourself? Excellent. Good. I'd like your opinion, please. Sure. After many years, we finally finished paying off our mortgage a few months ago. The bank sent us a statement saying we have to go to the notary to get a mortgage discharge yes. or, and something else. I forget what the other thing is. Now, do I actually need it until I sell the house, or is it only beneficial for the notary to make uh, his his fees when we get the mortgage discharge. No, I, I honestly speaking, Gary, uh, you know, how much is it's going to cost you 250, 300 bucks to discharge that mortgage. I would yeah. go ahead and actually go and do it. Um, yeah. You don't want to have uh, encumbrances on a property if you don't necessarily need to have them uh, because, you know, you're just going to be paying for it later. And if you're going to be selling a year from now, okay, I could say wait for when you sell. Uh, okay. But you're going to either pay for it now or you'll pay for it later. If you, 
Yeah, imagine. Sorry, pay now, pay now, or pay more later. Is that exactly. Everything? So if you're okay. going to end up selling it, you know, mm-hmm. ten years from now, well, maybe that right. discharge is going to cost you five hundred bucks, you know, or okay. six hundred bucks. So okay. I would, I would do it. Okay. All right, Thank Gary. Thank you very much for your help. Absolutely, brother. Take care, man. Thank you. Bye, bye. Happy holidays. Um, we have a text that came in, and I uh, that's this is the one that I was reading uh, before yes. during the break, and you were like, "Oh my God, so much fun!" Okay, so <laughs> hi Terry, would you provide clarity on how it works when a seller receives multiple offers on their property at the same time? Uh, are they permitted to look at all offers at the same time and then obliged to decide right then and there which one they want to accept and say no thank you to the rest immediately? I'd like to have a better understanding of this. Also, what exactly is a bidding war? Thank you for explaining. Eleni, take it away. This is your forte. This is exciting stuff, guys. This is what's happening in Montreal the last two years. Okay, number one, a bidding war is when you have multiple offers, so more than one offer. A bidding war could be technically two offers. But when we when we say bidding war, usually we have four, five, six, and more offers, and we are seeing that. Mm. Believe it or not, it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um as a seller, if you're going to be receiving a lot of offers, I have to say I, I do see this as exciting as it is. It's actually stressful on the selling side, sometimes on the broker side as well. So you have to be working with a broker who knows how to strategize uh, multiple offers and knows how to deal with them. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. The right way to do it basically is you take a look at all the offers. You make sure they all come in around the same time. Uh, we we tend to put a deadline on them. Sometimes, I mean, we had seven, eight offers on an eightplex two weeks ago. We had to sort of shut it down. It was getting, you know, out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, you sit down. You can either have all of the brokers come in and present the offers in person. That's one way to do it. Uh, you can have all the bro- all the um, offers emailed in, mm-hmm. and then you sit down and you look at them. Um, there's a lot of you know details to look at at the offer, right? The price, the conditions, the dates. Um, are the buyers giving you the dates that you want? If there's one offer that sticks out and you want to accept one offer. Technically speaking, you have to look at all of them and reply to all of them. So you can accept one, you can refuse the other. What we're doing very often now is we're accepting one offer because people are... And putting people on a second, second, uh, you know, so you have like the first one that you accept and you have a second one in line and you could even have a third one. If people accept, you can accept a second one on the condition that the first one doesn't go through because of inspection. Sometimes people back out. Sometimes they don't get their mortgage. Right, Terry? Right. (laughs) It does happen. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. As long as you have to be working with somebody who can really, again, go through the process and, and, and look at everything. In your case... Right? Yeah. So that's our job. As real estate brokers, we're going to look at it and advise you, and then you have the final decision. Uh, we have a quick text here. Thank you for the holiday music. No problem. Yeah. I have a feeling that's the guy from last week. Probably, yeah. The, yeah, okay. Uh, we have Mike from Two Mountains uh, who has a question as to whether or not it's a good time to sell now. Hey, Mike, how are you? I'm good. Yourself? Excellent. Good, good. My question is, do I, I have a bungalow in Two Mountains, and I'm wondering if it's better to actually wait for a couple of years when the train is actually built? Or sell now because maybe the market, people are thinking, wait, in two years, if I buy cheap now or I get a really good price, it's actually going to be amazing living in a city that has that type of uh, connectivity to the rest of the world. Are you also going to be buying, for example, in this market, right? Right. Um, Or are you just selling? uh, Because right now, I have to be honest with you, it is a good seller's market, right? Now, if you're asking me two, three years from now, what's going to happen? There's no real estate broker uh, that can tell you, right? I mean, we can go as far as maybe a year. And look okay. at what's happening with interest rates and the market. But if you're if you're technically happy where you are and you don't need to sell because you're you know you're not looking to move, um, listen. Generally yeah. speaking, no, real that estate definitely, definitely, goes uh, up. Knows, 
definitely no need to move. I'm just okay. wondering if there's if there's general inquiry or, or people foreshadowing the future. It will be once they're up and running. I, you know, I, I will say something. I, I'm going to chime in on this, Mike. You know, right now, you're, you're, there's a speculation that the prices are going to go up because of the train service. I think that it will, okay, uh, truth be told, that once the trains go in, it's going to obviously make these areas more accessible. So now all of a sudden, you end up having a better market value at that point. But right now, there is a lot of speculation as well. You know, and I'm going to uh, just, you know, looking at the stock market, for example, I'm just going to take a little kind of side turn. If you look a couple of years ago, before the legalization of marijuana, Marijuana occurred, uh, you ended up having, you know, cannabis stocks started to soar. I mean, they just exploded through the roof. But then the minute it became legal and they realized, oh, wait a minute, you know, the sales are not so great. It makes more sense to still buy it, you know, kind of through the black market. And then all of a sudden, all the cannabis stocks started to tank. So uh, I think that probably the ideal time to sell would probably be right around when the train is about to be completed. You know, so probably a year and a half or so from now. But again, if you wanted to move, now is just as good a time as any. Hope that answers your question, Mike. Thanks. Oh, thanks. Appreciate the info. Absolutely. Bye, Be well. Uh, we have Rob from St. Lazard uh, has a question about agent working for seller and buyer. Hi, Rob. How are you? Uh, not too bad yourself. Great. Yeah, like I said, a long story. Uh, a few years ago, I sold the house. Our agent, you know, selling the house and then somebody came, made an offer. They didn't have an agent. So then he became their agent as well. So then, like I understand, like they told me, okay, well, I'm going to represent them and you. You save on the percentage because there's only one agent. Oof. But who are they really working? That's why years now I'm thinking, what if, <laughs> like, is there any way I can go back to see if they had prior business together? Like, you know what I mean? Well, you know what? This is actually a... It's a Don't great question, yeah. and it's going to take us about five minutes to answer it. <laughs> so what we're going to do it is we're going to do it on the other side of the news. Okay, Rob, thank you for that question. It's amazing. Eleni, remember that. We're going to be talking about it right on the other side yep. of the news. Uh, up next, we're going to be answering more of your question, including Rob's from St. Lazar and the text messages that came in. You're listening to The Real Estate Show on CJAD 800. The Real Estate Show is brought to you by Northeast Mortgages. <laughs> Jingle bell, jingle bell, rock. Jingle bell. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Okay. Sorry, We're, I promise we are not going to quit our day jobs. Okay, thank you for joining us on The Real Estate Show today. We're talking all about, uh, sorry, it's all about the listeners. Uh, we're talking about whatever you guys want to talk about. Uh, so you can join the conversation by calling in at 514-790-0800 or texting in at 514-800. Uh, just like Rob did right before uh, the news, uh, he had a question and I spoke to him during the um, um, the news break. Okay, so here it is. So he had a house for sale. It was on the market. Uh, his agent uh, had listed it. And then all of a sudden, there was a company that came in and said, we're interested in buying this property. Um, the agent basically uh, took, uh, you know, accepted the offer, told him you should take the offer. It's a good offer. And he sold the property. But then what he realized after the fact is that same agent ended up selling the house again for that company a little while later because these people effectively bought the house for a flip. Now he's a little disheartened and he's like, is this right? Is there any way for me to find out whether or not these people have worked together in the past? Uh, he kind of feels a little ripped off, if you will. 
Eleni. So basically the buyers came unrepresented. Yes. And the buyers ended up buying the house and then flipping it or the or they the real estate it. agent they flipped um, it. the buyers flipped the house. Or the real estate agent represented the buyer to sell their other property. No. Okay. The real estate agent represented the buyers to, to sell it. to flip that house to okay. sell the same house. Well, it's it's really clear. Honestly, when a real estate agent represents both parties, sellers and buyers, first of all legally that agent was representing Rob mm -hmm. legally because he had a contract with him. He actually didn't represent the buyer, but he had to help the buyer make the offer. However, in these situations, there's always one party that feels like they were either, you know, not properly taken care of. So we usually we recommend that we the other buyer is represented by somebody. Uh, rest of the rest of Canada, just so that you know, most of the provinces do not allow what's called double representation. They don't allow it. It's not in Interesting. there. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So in Quebec, okay. we still allow it. We have, however, had uh, a change in the real estate brokerage act in the last two years, and we are we are supposed to, when a buyer comes unrepresented, ask them, "Do you have a broker?" Do you know that you can have a broker and be represented by a broker? And do you also know, number three, that I'm bound to represent the seller? So we're supposed to... You're supposed to disclose all of this. We're supposed to disclose this so the buyer can say, oh, okay, I'd rather go get my broker. Good. In my personal case, in our agency, we have... It's across the board. Uh, people have started to know this. It's been two years. If I'm working with the seller, I do not represent the buyer. Somebody yeah. else has to represent the buyer. There's this misconception that people think that if they go directly to the listing broker, that they're going to get, uh, you know, a better price. That absolutely, uh, and some of them even ask for it. Yeah, and you, you guys have to stop with that. I mean, it's yeah. it's not true. Um, yes, yeah, yes, there there might be the odd broker here and there that's going to cut commissions and stuff like that. But in the grand scheme of things, in the transaction, uh, it really doesn't make a huge difference whether the you know, right. real estate broker cuts their commission by a couple of thousand dollars. What you want to do is you want to make sure that you're properly represented. Exactly. Uh, otherwise, you're, it's going to end up uh, where you're going to feel that you've gotten ripped off or there's going to be something wrong. Yeah. Uh, quick uh, question here uh, that came in via text. Uh, hey, guys, I love the great advice. Uh, since the city of Valuations are going up. Does this mean that we can ask more for our property as of January? No, it does not mean that. So uh, the city evaluations have little or nothing to do with what the actual market value is of your property. That's the thing that uh, it's a, it's a it's a huge misconception that they think just because the evaluations are going up that you know you can ask for more. Uh, the city evaluations are based on historical data that was from a couple of years ago. So when you look at the data from a couple of years ago, the city will look at what the values were, and then they're going to say that for the next three years, this is what the values are going to be uh, for these properties. It doesn't make a difference for the market value. I've seen properties selling with a municipal evaluation of 300,000 and they ask for 800,000 on the market because that's just what the market can actually support on it. And at the same time, I've seen properties selling for, you know, uh, I don't know, 300,000 and the municipal evaluation is 500,000. Yeah, so. and I'm sure you've seen this on the mortgage side. I've seen it in a few transactions recently where um, the bank evaluation, and so a lot of people don't know that when you're selling your house, the bank is going to come in to approve the mortgage and do their own market evaluation, not right. municipal evaluation. And if the bank evaluation comes in lower than your offer, because you think for some reason you can get higher, guess what? The buyer's not going to not going to want to pay and they're not going to be able to get the mortgage, right? They're not going to want to pay the extra 10, 15,000, which is what we've seen. That's right. Um, because the value doesn't come in. Yeah. So you need to get a proper 
uh, evaluation, a market evaluation, which, by the way, is free. We mm -hmm. mentioned before, how do we get paid? Uh, I had a I had a client saying, you know, do you guys do this for free? You know, she came to the office. We were doing a bunch of stuff. She's like, I want to, you know, I want to pay you something. We only get paid once when a transaction, a is, transaction done. is done. We're, yeah. We were paid on commission. So we can come in. We can do the market evaluation. We can put a strategy together depending on how you want to sell quickly, less time. Uh, and really, again, plan for your next move, right? Plan if you're going to rent, if you're going to buy, plan it all out. So it's not as easy as just, okay, you know, evaluations are going up. I'm going to ask this much, you know, more for my house. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, talking about the evaluations, you did mention that they're free and you are correct. In Quebec, uh, evaluations are free. However, there is exceptions to that rule. There is certain banks that what they're going to do is they're going to basically say, we're going to give you the evaluation for free, but in, if for whatever reason you don't do the mortgage for, uh, with us, we're going to charge you for it. Okay, you're so talking you to, about when you're doing the mortgage. Yeah. I was talking about a realtor coming oh, in, Oh, right? yeah, the realtor yeah. evaluations are free, but yes. uh, I'm talking about specifically uh, banking evaluations. So yeah. there's that. In the rest of the country, you actually have to pay for hmm. a bank evaluation. Yeah. Quebec is the only province where the bank evaluations are paid for uh, by uh, the bank. Mm. So that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, I, w I want to know if we have rent to buy in Quebec. Yes, we do. We do have uh, rent to own. Uh, we actually have a division at our office in uh, Montreal in that actually does rent to own, and uh, we do uh, pretty uh, pretty good. Uh, there's a lot of transactions. We set up the buyers uh, to be able to successfully buy in a couple of years, but in the meantime, we get investors to get in there and uh, do the rent to buy. Uh, when there is six months left on a mortgage term and the principal is at its highest each payment, is it more advantageous to sell at the end or pay penalties and potentially higher interest rates? Okay, so... Uh, I love these questions because they are really, I mean, it, it really depends on your situation. Yeah. But I will say this. In most cases, if you're buy, if you're selling a property and you're going to be buying something else soon, uh, soon after, so with, typically within a three-month period, that penalty can be waived, mm. okay, in a lot of times. So if you stick with the same financial institution, a lot of banks... Not all of them can, will allow you to break your mortgage up to four months before the end of the term without penalty. Some it's three, some it's two, some it's 30 days, some it's not mm. even one day before you pay a penalty. So it's important to find out. And that's where the benefit comes in when you're dealing with a mortgage broker. We know generally what the rules are of each and every bank. And just to go back again to the evaluations, mm. I have had cases where we go to bank ABC, the value is not supported, and then we say to the we say to the client, "Do you really want to buy this house?" Yes. Let's go to bank X Y Z. We go to X Y Z, and the value is supported because mm. every bank has different criteria. Just like every bank will calculate their penalties and the way that they do things differently. Yeah. So it's very, very, very important that you're dealing with someone that actually is looking out for your best interest. Mm. And this is where we come in as mortgage brokers. We deal with all the banks, so we see all the different rules, all the different policies, and all the different regulations that. Uh, they all have. Uh, stay tuned for more talk about real estate and mortgages. Uh, you're listening to The Real Estate Show on CJAD 800. Now we're going to take a small detour off to the CJAD Traffic Center with Kira Yeager. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. 
Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're answering your questions about real estate. You can still join the conversation by calling in at 514-790-0800 or texting in to 514-800. We have uh, a bunch of texts that actually uh, popped in. Uh, Great show. How long does it take for a cancellation of a lease if tenant has a history of late payments since August but has paid up just before a court date? Is the judgment made on the first court visit or what is the next step. Thanks, Frank. So Frank, uh, typically what ends up happening is uh, you're going to receive uh, a letter in the mail. The, uh, the uh, They're not called judges. I keep forgetting what they're called. What's What, what are their... They're not judges at the Régie de Logement. Anyways. I'm not sure. We'll call them a judge, but they're not a judge. Don't mm. send me hate mail this week that, and telling me that they're not judges. <laughs> I get it all the time. I'm just... It's escaping me the, their name. Uh, I'm sure someone's going to end up texting in uh, the right term for them. But... Um, <laughs> I've lost my train of thought. Well, okay. We'll so, uh, so what happens when so, so, somebody yeah, doesn't so pay and they going, pay just enough yeah. just before the hearing? So they used to give the actual uh, judgment, if you will, uh, while you were there and it started to get violent. So they stopped doing that. What they start doing now is the uh, person says, uh, go and I will send you the judgment. And uh, you get it a few days after you're, you leave the Régie de Logement. Uh, once you have that, you have to get a bailiff to basically execute it. So uh, you can do it fairly quickly or you can drag your feet on it. Uh, but typically, uh, you know, if, you, if you've gone in to uh, cancel a lease because of late or non-payments, uh, then... It's going to be it's, case by case, though, right? I mean, he's yeah, asking yeah. how soon after is the tenant going to be evicted? We don't you know. Can, you could evict it. I've done it as quickly as, you know, 20 days but after the, what I've I've seen get the paper. is that the tenants pay up. And if you can't... That's and, and, why it's important, though, Eleni, yeah. that you actually, when you're going in, you don't only say that you're evicting because of that current late payment. Yeah. But you're also, no, you're evicting because of a history of late payments. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. If if they've, but if they've, that's what I mean by it's case by case. If Mm -hmm. they've only paid late, I don't know, one, two, three times and now they pay up. Sometimes the tenants, I don't want to say this, but have a little bit more rights and they don't, that they don't not, they don't grant the 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 verdict to, to uh, be able to evict. Yeah. Uh, We have Eric from the West Island who has a question about selling his property and capital gains tax. Hey, Eric, how are you? Good, how are you? Excellent. Hey, I'm calling because I have a property currently that I've rented out for the first year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking to sell the property short term. And uh, basically, I wanted to avoid paying this capital gain tax um, on the profit of my prop- property. Mm-hmm. And so I was wondering if there is a period, I, I heard living there for one year after the tenant leaves the the condominium Mm -hmm. um i could avoid paying this capital gain penalty so i was wondering if you can shed some light on that that would be great eric i'm afraid to tell you you're gonna have to pay the man um whenever you uh leave uh okay so when you rent out a property okay so let's say you have uh, a condo and you buy it and you uh you've rented it out from year one year two you know a couple of years it's been rented and uh then you decide that you're going to change its state from being a rental to being owner occupied when you make that change so when you're changing it over from it being a rental to owner occupied it's a deemed disposition as far as the government is concerned so it's a if you've sold it now the good news is is that what i would do uh in the case like that is i would get an evaluation done at that moment okay so at the moment where you're selling it uh, where you're you're converting it from a rental converting it yeah so you get an evaluation done and then the capital gain 
is going to be based on that evaluation. Get a professional evaluator to come in. Not no offense, Eleni. Helen, sorry. I'm, no, I'm it's evaluator agree. Yeah, you need yeah. to get a, a chartered uh, uh, appraiser to come in, and there's a lot of good ones. The one that we use is uh, they're called Raymond Joyal. Okay, that's all the banks that use them. Um, so you basically you go in, you get that evaluation done. You have it on paper. You deem the disposition, and then you could, you know, if you want to keep the property, you stay in. But you're gonna have to pay a capital gain. There's no way of getting around that. Yeah, basically Sorry, for the time that it's rented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, if you keep it for 10 years after, and you're, it's owner occupied, it's a principal residence. Then there's no taxes on it. There's no capital gain. Well, but, if I live there for one year, or yeah, or a year and a half, do I still have to pay? Yes, the you, capital gain. You still have to pay the capital gain. Years. Yeah. Okay. Only yeah. on the portion that for the year? Was, for that it was rented. That it was rented. Exactly. Okay. Hope that That's answers good. your questions, uh, yeah. Eric. That's great. Thank you. Cheers, brother. Take care. Um, do you offer special assessment insurance for condos and how does that work? Great question. So, uh, yes, we do have special assessment insurance for condos. Uh, it's funny because my son just bought a condo. And this is something that we are, you know, we're not even always aware of that exists, but it does exist. So within the insurance contract, there is an insurance that is there to protect you against yeah. special it's assessments. Not every insurance, though. You have to. Yeah. So yeah. you go to an insurance broker and insurance. We have we have the insurance brokers that are able to do that. So yeah. absolutely, by all means. Uh, give us a call at the office and we'll be happy to set that up for you. Uh, our office number is 514-680-4674. Uh, we have another text that just came in. Uh, hi, what uh, What if you have the habitual, what if you're, if you're habitually late with your rent by four to five days max? Can you get, I'm assuming that there's a follow-up, can you get um, well, evicted? If, so, I have tenants that habitually pay on the 8th of the month, every single month, okay? I know uh, they've lived there for longer than I've owned the building. They always pay at the same time. I don't care as a landlord, okay? But this depends on your landlord. Mm. Your obligation as a tenant, you have one. You Actually, you have a couple. You have to make sure that you maintain the property in a good condition. But the other one, the That's more the important one. one, which is the main <laughs> one, is you need to make sure that you're always paying your rent on the 1st of the month. If you consistently pay it late, you have checks that bounce or anything like that, then your landlord can evict you. Okay? Especially if the landlord has proof that, look, exactly. it's been six months late in a row and that this has caused problems for the landlord. Uh, yeah. Then you can, then that's grounds for eviction. Absolutely. Uh, we have another text. Can you please elaborate on special assessment insurance? It's not special assessment insurance. I don't want to just, it's your insurance for condos. So when you have a condo, you can get an insurance that protects you against special assessments. But just to be clear, this yeah. is not the same as the condo itself. So the condo association, the syndicate of co-owners will have insurance for the building, right? Like mm -hmm. now you're talking about as an owner of a condo. The right? owner of the condo, That's if it. the so building comes to you and says, yeah. by the way, you, there's a special assessment of, I don't know, it's an know, extra option. Twenty thousand yeah. dollars. Well, you do an insurance claim, and the insurance you pay your deductible in your insurance. But it's not uh, part of the syndicate. No, insurance. no, it has nothing to That's, do with the syndicate. Yeah. It has to do specifically uh, with your uh, condo. So, which is really great. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, you can it's call amazing. us at the office. Uh, Mike, our insurance broker at the office, can definitely uh, yeah. speak to you guys about that. Uh, well, maybe we'll get him in the new year on the air with us. So, uh, Eleni, we've yeah. run out of real estate, guys. I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. 
Uh, I love you all. If you want to get a hold of us at the office, you can call us at 514-680-4674. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is newsonthego.ca, so you can keep the fun going, you know, over the holidays. We're going to have some holiday shows. Eleni, if they want to get a hold of you. You guys can call Mary at 514-716-6188. Guys, till the new year, love you all. Have a blessed holiday season.